Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey guys, welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. This is part B of our weekly walkthrough. We are going through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So starting on June 6th, our strength is push press. We're going to do every 90 seconds beginning a new round. You guys are going to do two sets of five reps, three sets of three reps, and four sets of a single rep. Um, we did something similar to this with the 5-5, five, 3-3-3, five, three, 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 and then the four ones on the overhead squat. Um, and now we're going to do it on a push press. It's basically a natural tapering system to get you guys worked up in the weight so that when you guys get to the singles, you guys are moving a little more weight. Um, we're not necessarily going for a new or true one rep max today, but we are trying to build heavy in a push press. So it's a dip drive, no redip, and you guys had to make sure you guys are really extending through the hips to be, power up into that bar and press over the head. When, uh, when we operate that dip and drive for a push press or a push jerk, you got to remember that you need to move in a true vertical manner. So it's a straight down dip and a straight up drive. You don't want to be reaching your hips back. You don't want to be leaning forward. Try to make sure that you're really keeping your spine vertical so you can transfer that energy straight up to create more speed on the bar and have a smoother press to overhead. Um, with, those, with those bigger sets... Uh, I encourage people to work from the top down. So once you get that bar stacked overhead, that's your chance to take a breath and reset and get your button belly tight again so that you can receive the bar and send it right back up, kind of working from overhead right into another rep and stringing them together. Yeah, and with that chest position, elbow position, Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to be in a front rack like we would for a squat. In this position, we need to get our elbows down a little bit more because we need to be applying that press the moment that our hips extend. So obviously you have to have a full grip. I would suggest getting the bar in the meat of the hand, not up into the fingers, so that you guys can really think about pressing out the moment that you guys have stood up and applied all that power up through the hips. Yep, um, definitely, definitely focus on that elbow position. What do we have after that? Looks like we've got a workout. Um, it's a run through, literally running. We're doing 200 meter run, then 10 bear complexes. We're not going terribly heavy. We want you to use 40 to 45% of your one rep max on a clean and jerk. So that should be kind of weight that you can cycle through um, at least a quick single rep and then drop your bar and then pick it right back up. You don't need to be playing touch and go with it, but you do need to be uh, taking very short rest from the bars on the floor. So 10 of those bear complexes, you're going to get outside, you're going to run another 200 meter, come back inside, 8 of the bear complexes. 200 meter run again, 6 bear complexes, and then you're going to get outside and run as fast as you can because you've got a 200 meter run to finish this workout. So total, that is what, 26, 20, 24, 24 bear complexes. Um, that's a lot of work. Yeah, this one's going to be brutal. Uh, the runs, they're really short. I would suggest treating those as a little bit more recovery than anything else. If you guys try to run too hard there, the 10, the 8, and the 6 on the bear complex, that's just going to crush you. 
there's a lot of bar on your shoulders or just on the body throughout the course of a bear complex. So make sure that you guys are getting the bar um, up onto the shoulder, pass through the full squat overhead to the back, pass through the full squat back overhead um, as quick as you can and then drop it, take your second and then pick it back up. Yeah, when we program this bear complex, we definitely mean for it to be a smooth, quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you guys may have experienced a slower, choppier bear complex in the past. That is not what we're doing here. This is a, if we can do it, it's a proper clean so that we're already in our front squat on our catch. We're going to stand up out of that clean and either do basically a thruster or a thruster crossed with a jerk, something to get it overhead, then catch it on your back, hopefully by actually sinking into your back squat and then basically do that same thruster jerk situation off your back coming out of that squat. This is meant to be fluid and quick. Um, You should only be holding your bar for five, six seconds. It shouldn't take you 15, 20 seconds to get through one repetition. Yeah, when you guys are in the gym, really try to hammer that bear complex. Get through that bar because when you get back off on that second run or on the third or even on the last run, even if you guys are not moving fast, you are gaining ground and you're moving. Um, but if you are standing there looking at your barbell, not picking up the bar, then you're not moving at all. So you're gaining no ground. So try to make sure that you guys are consistent on the run. Just be consistent, get your breath back, get back into the gym, and get through the bear complexes as quick as you can. All right, that's it for Thursday. On Friday, we're going to kick things off with a 20-minute window to find a one-rep max on our deadlift. Now we've been building up to this for quite a while, so here you go. You get to let it loose and see what you can pull for a one rep max. Be smart about your buildup. Um, I would definitely do some sets of three and probably even some sets of five in the early part of those 20 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes is when I would go to singles and pull fewer lifts with more rest between them. Yeah, be safe here. When you guys pull a deadlift that's heavy, naturally, things are going to start to go. So really trying to hold that spine position, keep yourself in a good position, keep that head neutral. Um, And then once you've stood to the top, take the bar back to the ground. You stand up, take it back down. Yep, we're not dropping from the top. Uh, When we control our deadlifts, it shows that we own what we're doing. We have control of the lift. When we do a back squat, we have to sit down, stand up, and put the bar away. Same thing goes for a deadlift. Stand up, take it back to the floor, put it down, and you're done. Yep, once again... Do not work up too heavy too quick. You guys have 20 minutes. Use the whole window. Use the early minutes to go with lighter loads, more reps to set in good positioning. Use the later minutes to go with heavier load, less reps, and test that max. Um, Following that, our workout is four rounds for time. You guys are going to do 30 wall ball shots, rest one minute, 500 meter row, rest one minute. Um, so it's almost interval style. You guys are doing 30 wall ball shots followed by the rest, the row followed by the rest. And then we go back to the beginning to the wall ball shots. I'd call it an interval. Yeah. So one round is going to be the wall ball shots and the row. Mm -hmm. Um, so one round is going to consist of two minutes of rest combined in there. This one's going to get pretty spicy. I would suggest on the wall ball shots. Oh, before we start, it is a 20 pound ball for guys, 14 for gals to a 10 foot target for guys and nine for gals. Um, on those wall ball shots, I would suggest uh, maybe maybe two quick sets. Maybe unbroken, maybe two quick sets. Yeah, it really depends on your capacity because I, I know for me, this is definitely something to do unbroken. Mm-hmm. But depending on what you can do with it, um, that might be a bit much. And if you really feel like 30 wall ball shots is super easy for you, maybe use a 30-pound ball. Make life a little harder if you, if you think that's the right choice. 
Um, but this shouldn't take you really much more than a minute. I'd say you should be done with your wall ball shots by like a minute and 20 seconds. And then you get a minute of rest to try to recover a little bit. And then how hard are we going on that 500-meter row? Um, I would say the 500-meter row isn't necessarily going to be at our rowing interval pace per se, um, but it's going to be right around there. Since there's only one row each round and you have the two minutes, one before and one after that sandwich it, you guys can push pretty hard on that row. Um, A wall ball shot and a row combined, as if you guys did the open, you know that it can be a brutal combination if we do not row well. So focusing on keeping the heels down and driving through the hamstrings to get power in the row. If you guys are rising up on your toes every time in the row, expect that round two and round three are really going to get nasty, and then round four is everything you have just to hold on. Um, What I'd love to see on that row um, is people treat it like we do our 6 by 500 meter interval, where we encourage the cutting of a negative split. Yep. So maybe on round one, I'm, I'm very confident I can go out and hold a minute 45 pace. So that's what I do on round one. On round two, maybe I'm going to come back and I'm going to try to shave it down to a minute 44-ish. And then on round three, I'm going to shave another second-ish off if I have the capacity. So maybe starting yourself somewhere where you think, okay, I can definitely do this. And then seeing if you're capable of doing more as you get into round two, three, and four. I'd love to see you guys start to push that edge and find out where your failure lines are that you need to learn to not cross. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a great workout. It's a great test to see if you guys can. I'd say if you guys are questioning, holding on to the wall balls isn't the worst thing. If you guys want to try it, go for it. Um, and if you guys feel like you have to end up breaking, then just make sure that you guys break, quick rest, get it back up because you do get that rest after. So you guys get a little bit of transition time, a little bit of rest to kind of bring the heart rate back down. Quick word of warning. When you're doing a big set of wall balls, do not hold your stinking breath. Too many people get caught holding their breath when they're doing wall balls, and that doesn't work because you're going to go for a minute, and you can survive a minute without a breath or with very few breaths, but then it's going to be very hard to recover before you get on the rower, and your rowing is going to go down in a hurry. Yep. Breathe. Following that, on Saturday, we have a partner wad. It is going to be 15-minute AMRAP. You guys are going to start it with a 200-meter relay. Um, so partner A is going to run 200 meters. They're going to tag partner B, and then they are going to run 200 meters. You guys are going to do this with a kettlebell, though. So you're either going to do it with a 53-pound kettlebell, 35-pound kettlebell, um, whatever your team is using for the second half. After you guys finish that relay, in the remaining time of those 15 minutes, you guys are going to alternate rounds, 15 kettlebell swings, 15 sumo deadlift high pull, and then 10 burpees. Um, for those kettlebell swings in the sumo deadlift high pool, that is going to be the weight that you run with as well. So choose a weight on the kettlebell swing in the sumo deadlift high pool that you are going to run with also. Um, and you guys are just going to complete those in alternating fashion. That would mean that if Phil and I were partners, I would do one whole round of 15, 15, and 10, and then I would tag him. He would do one whole round of 15, 15, and 10. Once you guys get through that, you're going to rest seven minutes, and then you're going to go into a final 10-minute AMRAP. This one is a little different, though. One partner rests while one works, and it is a 200-meter run and 10 chest-to-bar. So it's a little bit different movement than we did earlier. Now it's a run and a chest-to-bar. We can scale that with a pull-up, a banded strict pull-up, or a ring row. Um, And on this part of it, it's just more about speed. One partner's going to go. They're going to go out on that run right into the pull-up bar, do your 10 pull-ups, and then trade. Next partner goes right off. Yeah, the way I'm looking at it, it really all is about speed, both parts. Because 
up in the initial segments, one works, one rests on the run, right? Mm-hmm. So it pays to go pretty darn hard because you're going to get that same amount of time to rest while your partner has to run. And then you come in and you alternate on the rounds. So in all of it, it looks like you're going to be doing about a minute worth, maybe a minute and a half worth of work in your interval, and then trading out with a partner who then does the same. So it's like a minute or a minute and a half on, minute, minute and a half off. You need to think about going pretty quickly every time you're up because you're going to get rest. You just have to work hard now and move to the resting station. Let your partner work. This workout lends pretty hard to people that can push themselves. So if you guys are willing to push that round of the 15, 15, and 10 and then take your rest while your partner pushes, um, you guys will get quite a few rounds in 15 minutes. Um, Like Phil said, I think a round can be done in about a minute maybe just um, over a minute. And the same thing on the second portion. That 200-meter run, if you guys push hard and then come in the gym and hop right up on the pull-up bar, uh, if we were doing those pull-ups unbroken, or even if we're dropping maybe once between, that can still be done in about 90-ish seconds. Uh, so a good number of rounds can be put in here if you guys really just think about hammering down on the pedal, especially when it comes to that run. Uh, the run today is going to be a good place for you guys to push that pace. My encouragement, though, is to uh, to know yourself because if you do get stuck with a partner or choose a partner, it could be either, who is quite fast and can do gymnastics movements quickly, then you're gonna see them you're gonna see them out ahead of the pace that you can hold. So play your own game, right? Don't worry about what your partner's doing the whole time. Worry about you doing your movements well and getting something out of this day. All that, right, yeah, that's been our week. Um, You guys can check back in on Sunday. We're going to publish the next week, part A. Uh, Phil and I have talked about doing maybe a little bit of um, conversation over topics. If you guys have any topics, uh, get them to Phil or I, and we'll think about doing a podcast where we just maybe discuss some topics that people have about training or um, our program. Or movement. Yep, movement. So if you guys would like that, then make sure you guys get any questions you have to Phil or I. I guess you guys could do it in the comments of iTunes, or you could email one of us. Um, But that has been it. So we will uh, see you guys in the gyms. Yeah, next week. Oh, true, because we're at the beach. (laughs) Ha!